This podcast is brought to you by Proton Dealership IT, the cybersecurity and IT experts committed to keeping your dealership safe from cyber attacks. To learn more about how to better protect your dealership, go to info.protontex.com slash fish. That's I-N-F-O.P-R-O-T-O-N-T-E-C-H-S dot com slash P-H-I-S-H. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Ford offers higher raises in what it calls a costly new proposal to the UAW. Details coming up. The strike is prompting GM to seek a huge line of credit to cushion costs, and we'll have the latest automaker sales results. Plus, Toyota is retooling its famed manufacturing system for its next generation of EVs in its bid to take on Tesla. I think they really feel a fire underneath them right now. That realization of how Tesla is not only just popular with customers, but how they are actually innovating in the manufacturing process was a real eye-opener to Toyota because they, of course, are one of the most production-proud companies out there. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford says it has increased the size of the pay raises it's offering UAW members. The automaker says it's offering an unprecedented level of compensation, and it's shortening the length of time new hires take to reach top wages. Ford said it would increase temporary workers' pay 26% to $21 an hour. That's compared with $20 an hour in the last publicly known offer. It would also raise most full-time workers' pay by more than the 20% over four years it previously offered. Ford didn't divulge a specific number. The automaker also said it would reduce the time it takes new hires to reach top pay by, quote, more than half. The last offer cut that time from eight years to four. Ford presented the proposal to the union on Monday. It's Ford's seventh offer since contract negotiations began this summer. It came three days after the UAW ordered workers at Ford's Chicago assembly plant to walk out in its latest escalation of its strike against the Detroit Three that began on September 15th. The UAW strike is now on its 20th day. Meanwhile, General Motors is setting up a $6 billion line of credit to shore up liquidity. It's a move that indicates the company is preparing for the UAW strike to drag on and start to drain its coffers. The automaker's move to bolster its financial position was announced in a securities filing earlier today. A company spokesperson says GM wants the 364-day revolving credit line to maintain operational flexibility. As of June 30th, GM's total automotive liquidity stood at just under $39 billion. So it's not at risk of running out of money anytime soon, but the new credit line is a sign GM may be buckling in for a prolonged work stoppage by the UAW. Most automakers are reporting strong September and third quarter sales results. One outlier, however, is Stellantis. It continues to struggle, with third quarter volume slipping 1.3%. Its two biggest brands, Jeep and Ram, 
posted declines of 4.2% and 3.5% respectively. Jeep volume has now dropped for nine straight quarters. Third quarter sales slipped 1.2% at Volkswagen, but rose 21% at Audi and more than 7.5% at BMW. Nissan's third quarter sales rose 41% with its namesake brand up by that same amount. Infinity posted its fifth straight quarterly gain with a 47% increase. Sales at Subaru have now rebounded 14 straight months. September deliveries rose 23%. And Mazda says September deliveries rose 18%. That's Mazda's 12th straight gain. So far, analysts do not believe the UAW strike has slowed sales. With about a sixth of the union members who work for automakers now picketing, the Detroit Three are projected to be losing about 6,000 vehicles of production a day. The seasonally adjusted annualized rate of sales for September is forecast to come in at 15.2 to 15.5 million vehicles. That's up from 13.7 million a year earlier and 15.2 million in August. And video footage shows that a cruise robo-taxi was involved in a San Francisco crash that seriously injured a pedestrian on Monday. The video was captured by cameras aboard the robo-taxi. The pedestrian was first struck by another vehicle, then subsequently run over by the cruise vehicle. The San Francisco Fire Department says the woman endured, quote, multiple traumatic injuries. Cruise spokesperson Hannah Lindo tells us at Automotive News that the cruise vehicle, quote, braked aggressively to minimize the impact. She says the car was traveling below the street's 25-mile-per-hour limit and that there were no human occupants in the cruise vehicle. The crash comes as consumers say they are losing trust in self-driving vehicles. A new study by J.D. Power and MIT showed that consumer sentiment fell two points on their annual index meant to gauge comfort with autonomous vehicles. It marks the second consecutive decline following a three-point drop last year. And those are today's headlines. Jamie Ford offering an increase in pay raises to the UAW and Ford calling it an unprecedented level of compensation. And let's not forget, this is Ford's seventh offer. And GM is setting up a $6 billion line of credit preparing for the strike to drag on. Jamie, this is my first go around in all this, but why does it seem like there is no end? Yeah, I'm afraid it always feels that way. You know, it, and until you get to the end, you just never know. I was thinking back recently, sitting with uh, to my days at the Detroit Free Press, sitting with a reporter, trying to get the the editors to approve our use of unnamed sources to try to you know, shed a little light on the talks. What were the sticking points? What did the sides have to say about why progress wasn't moving faster? <laughs> the editor said, finally turned to us and said, yeah, okay, but when is it all going to be over? And that is the frustration that, that people feel, you know, when they're trying to see what's going to happen, trying to understand, tr hoping to, that the damage is minimized. Uh, you just got to let the process play out, let the two sides negotiate and, and try to come to a deal. Well, I hope there's light at the end of the tunnel soon. Coming up, Toyota is making big changes to its famed manufacturing systems to prepare for the next generation of EVs. Our own Hans Grimel tells us about it next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses, no more waiting for the others to move first. 
there is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is, is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they came around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Email phishing happens every day. Cyber criminals are out to trick your employees and coworkers into handing over valuable information that can compromise your dealership through impersonations, fake giveaways, and urgent emergency requests. All it takes is one click to shut down everything. Phishing is the leading cybersecurity concern for dealerships. Without the proper training and protection, your business is left vulnerable to ever-evolving attacks. One day you click an email, and the next thing you know, you get a call from your IT guy. Your email has been compromised, shut down immediately. Stories of attacks and their consequences come flooding in every day. And all it takes is one click to shut down your dealership. You have enough to worry about as it is. Don't add getting hacked to the list. Let Proton Dealership IT help ensure you are fully protected and learn how at info.protontext.com fish. That's I-N-F-O dot P-R-O-T-O-N-T-E-C-H-S dot com slash P-H-I-S-H. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Toyota may be late to the electric vehicle race, but the world's biggest automaker is embarking on an urgent and radical reboot of its famed production machine. Executives say the move will help it leapfrog Tesla and other rivals in just a few short years. The overhaul hinges on a host of breakthrough technologies that are firmly rooted in its stalwart Toyota production system, but turbocharged with digital tools for the EV era. Automotive News Asia editor Hans Greimel wrote about it on the front page of this week's print edition. I reached him at his home office in Tokyo. Hans Greimel, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks. Great to be here. You had a really great story in this week's paper about the many ways that Toyota is reinventing its manufacturing processes for the EV era, or or should we call it the Tesla era? Oh boy, that's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bold of you to call it the Tesla era, but maybe that's a better way of, of looking at it, especially from the perspective of Toyota, which is really benchmarking Tesla uh, big time these days. It uh, admits that Tesla has stolen a lead on it, and uh, this, these new manufacturing techniques are uh, one way that it wants to kind of get its mojo back. So uh, these are a bunch of new processes are currently under development and they should be uh, ready for prime time around 2026 or so Toyota hopes. Okay, well, we might uh, revisit the Tesla question, but first let's dig into some of the actual work that Toyota is doing. Uh, one of the most fascinating to me, actually, this still relates to efforts to catch or surpass Tesla, is Toyota's plans for gigacasting. Uh, tell me what they're doing there and how that's going to work. Well, the whole idea behind the gigacast is to, instead of 
cast uh, like sections of the car in uh, many small parts and and join them together uh, they basically cast it as one giant part and the tricky part of that is finding a, a casting machine that's big enough to do that and then of course maintaining the quality and precision of the componentry when you're dealing with something that big tesla really pioneered that technology it's very fast. It's very cheap. It's very once you, uh, I should say it's very cheap once you get the initial investment out of, out of the way. It's very fast. It's very streamlined, and it makes uh, d designing the car easy and manufacturing the car easy. Uh, so to Toyota wants to take that on as well and adopt its its own approach to that, and that's as part of its plan. It's going to gigacast the car basically in three sections: a front, a middle, and a rear and then join them together that way. So, you, you know, it saves, let's say, for example, the changing of the die in this way. It changes a process that used to last up to 24 hours. It's in some cases down to 20, 20 minutes. And it really, for example, the BZ4X, their EV crossover in the rear section of the car, they used to have 86 parts all manufactured through 33 different processes alone. <laughs> but now when they're reinventing the process and trying it out with the BZ4X, they think they can do that, reduce that 86 parts down to one part and the 33 processes down to one process. So you can start to see the kind of savings that are involved here. Tremendous. So... What else among you wrote about six steps? Are there are there one or two six steps of major changes that Toyota's making? Are there one or two that really stand out to you? Well, the six steps was kind of our own synthesis of their approach. They had a two-day uh, walkthrough. There are some of their factories in Toyota City where they are uh, kind of pioneering and piloting and prototyping these technologies. It was all jumbled in the way they pre presented it, no particular order, but we presented it in, in the six steps that are needed to build a car. And uh, they all have some kind of new uh, kind of twist on the old Toyota production system, kind of updated and for the modern era with a bunch of digitalization, I guess is the best way to put it. One of the more innovative approaches would be during the final assembly step, and that's where they have uh, this uh, self-propelled lines. They call it the self-propelled lines. It's where the car actually drives itself through the factory because it's an EV and it has its own battery installed. That does away with the idea or the need for having a, a hanger or a line or a fixed line a pit or anything like that to actually carry the uh, car through. So that makes it much faster to uh, retool for new vehicles, it makes it much more compact, and it makes it much more flexible to change the, the layout according to changes that arise. So uh, that was one thing that they showed us. It's a kind of a demonstration line where they are working on that technology. The car drives itself through the the factory essentially and like a little on the factory floor without a driver uh it's radio controlled uh like kind of like a radio controlled car would be it's not really autonomously driven with a sensor on the car itself but it's controlled uh, autonomously from sensors and cameras uh, throughout the factory 
and it's kind of eerie to see the car going down with the, the wheel turning right and left as it adjusts and turns around corners and things like that. What's maybe more surprising about that technology is that Toyota is actually using it already at its Motomachi plant to drive the cars from final assembly out to a park uh, to the parking yard. So this is a technology that's actually in use right now, and they just want to extend it throughout the entire final assembly project. As you've written about that, it reminded me, I mean, it's it's maybe been two decades since I've really been through the Georgetown complex in Kentucky, but I remember the last time I was there seeing some little bots that, you know, like delivered parts line side and they would drive seemingly autonomously. They were actually pretty well gated. They kind of had a little path, you know, of, of a wire or something that they would follow. But it gave that impression and certainly is something, you know, they've been looking at to have the flexibility we know from factories, right? You put in these giant pieces of equipment and the giant equipment to, to move them back and forth. And if you can really streamline that, it seems like a really profound change. Yeah, that's another thing that they highlighted here, too. Of course, these these automated guided vehicles are not nothing new in any factories, but they take it kind of take it to the next level with more autonomous driving robots all over the place, uh, bringing parts to and from the line uh, with a, a, with highly automated robots, really supplanting people in a lot of that final assembly work, including things like installing seats and the whatnot. So. One of the ideas here is because Japan is facing a, a major labor shortage, that they want to automate this even more. So that's where Tesla is very advanced in terms of automating its line, and Toyota wants to follow suit. Toyota has been probably the leading advocate in the auto industry for an all-of-the-above powertrain strategy. And now when we see this kind of work and Everyone should really read your entire story. It's fascinating. But you see Toyota putting all this effort into EVs. It looks like they're very focused. Uh, how do those two narratives fit together? Well, I think just because they're focusing on EVs doesn't mean that they're ignoring the the others as well. Uh, you're right. The Toyota is this kind of all of the above approach. And uh, I guess one of their criticisms could be was that they were just a little bit weaker in EVs than they were in the others. I mean, they're a global leader in hydrogen fuel cells. They're a global leader in, in hybrids. Of course, they're a global leader in regular old ICE, uh, where their kind of weak spot was, was EVs. And now they're just simply just catching up on that technology. So I don't see this really as them applying themselves any any more special or any or going uh, tilting in the direction of EVs more than anybody else i would just say this is their attempt to come up to speed and become a, a world leader in EVs as well toyota has had so much success over the decades they've often leaders have had to almost search for a crisis in order to motivate people to really do extraordinary things it sounds like they've really hit on one with the competition in EVs, you know, obviously Tesla's performance becoming a trillion dollar company and what they're seeing uh, in the market around the world from all sorts of competitors. That's right. I think they really feel a, a fire under underneath them right now. Uh, that realization of how Tesla is not only just popular with customers, but how they are actually innovating in the manufacturing process was a real eye-opener to Toyota because they, of course, are one of the most production-proud companies out there, thanks to its longstanding TPS, the Toyota Production System. 
And they took this on as, a, as almost a personal challenge to make sure that they can keep their production lines as efficient as anything else out there. One more thing before I let you go, all this effort by Toyota, the, the refocused effort on EVs, is that something we're going to see playing out at the Japan Mobility Show this month? Uh, right, you can bet on that because um, one of the vehicles that will be shown there is the uh, lead-off vehicle or a concept for the lead-off vehicle for uh, their next-generation EVs. Uh, all of this manufacturing technology will go into a new generation of EVs that is being developed, and uh, the concept for that vehicle, uh, which will debut as a Lexus, uh, will be or is expected to be on on show at the Japan Mobility Show later this month. Hans Greimel in Tokyo, thank you so much for your excellent work and for joining me today on Daily Drive. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Michael Martinez, David Phillips, and Pete Bigelow for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the UAW strike, sales results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Kevin Hunter, president of Toyota's Calty Design Center. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 